You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, marketing director for Studio 420. Today we meet Kyle Sherman, CEO of FlowHub, a leading POS system for the cannabis industry. Kyle talks about FlowHub's new upgraded dispensary platform called MAUI, global opportunities, sussing the competition, plans to put FlowHub at the forefront of crypto, and why it's crucial to stay ruthlessly focused on your core mission if you want to win in cannabis. Let's meet Kyle. Hi, Kyle. How you doing? Good, good. Pretty excited to talk to you. Um, one of the questions I just kind of wanted to start out with is, I'm just curious what your day-to-day is like. Like, what do you focus on? How do you, you know, what are the things that come across your desk or how do you wake up in the morning and get started? And what, what things are you facing like as a CEO and, you know, these challenging times and building out your company and things like that? So yeah, you know, look, I like to start my days, Pam, um, waking up early, spending some time with the kids uh, and and really like going over my calendar, right? That's that's kind of the first thing I do is like figure out what I've got going on for the day. I've uh, in the last year and a half, I, I've stopped booking meetings the very first thing in the morning. Um, and that's been really helpful for me, right? It gives me some space to really like think about the day, you know, understand what's going on macroeconomically, understand what's going on in our industry. Uh, and, uh, and it really, it provides a very strong foundation for me, you know, every morning to, to wake up with that. Not a big breakfast guy, right? So I love breakfast, but I don't, I don't eat it every morning. I don't feel, um, I don't feel as energized when I do, I feel tired and lethargic. So that's something I, I kind of like fast until later on in the afternoon, um, and I've been like that my whole life really. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are kind of some of the things that I think have been pretty helpful for me on this journey. Mm-hmm. What kind of things are you trying to tackle for your company that you're challenged with? Yeah. I mean, I, I think like t- today, very currently, right. It's macroeconomics, right? Like what's going on economically, globally, frankly, not just in the United States, um, because as a venture back company, right, something that we've used as a tool for growth is venture capital, right? Go find some capital uh, and and fuel the company with that. And and something that um, has been, a, you know, a, and it really doesn't give me anxiety so much anymore. I had to work, work out for me what it means macroeconomically as an organization um, and how it affects us. And I really just had to think about this like mindset shift of focusing on profitability over anything else. Obviously, customers, number one. Uh, caring for employees is 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 up there, right? And then obviously, you know, making sure that we're around for the next 25 years. And, and to do that, we've got to be sustainable. So really like having to shift my mind from like having very easy access to venture capital. Uh, well, I, I should say it's never been easy, right? I mean, I, you know, um, it's, it's always been hard to raise money in this space, especially from outside the industry. But um, it's r- right now, my, my focus is purely profitability and making sure that we have a very sustainable organization. Uh, over the next, you know, 25 years that we're, we're a group that could be here for a long time. You know, I didn't get in this industry to make a quick buck. I started flow hub to try to make a difference. And I wanted to see the war on drugs end starting with cannabis. And I think we can leverage the capitalistic structure we have, right. Capitalism to, to, um, affect change at a, at a global scale. And so, uh, that's really the, the basis of flow. So it means we have to be here for a long time. We can't go anywhere, which means we have to be sustainable. 
and we haven't always operated sustainably. So that's, you know, that's a really exciting chapter for me. Look, I'm an optimist, right? So it's hard for me to, to feel, uh, I, I get anxiety like everyone does, but it's, uh, I try to turn that anxiety into action. I look at anxiety like an energy and uh, it gives me energy to go make change. And, um, you know, I've, I've always felt as an entrepreneur, if I, have a, if I have a knot in my stomach, it just means there's something I need to fix in the business. Uh, and yeah. if I can go figure out what that is, uh, then that anxiety or that knot in the stomach goes away. So I feel like for us that that sustainability uh, piece is, is just a bit different than how we've operated in the past. So. Do you think that tech companies are the most appealing to investors right now, or is it just. Yeah. I look, I, I think companies that, that generate great cash are appealing to any investor. Right. And so you look at building a healthy organization versus one that might be burning, you know, $10 million a month, as an example, um, it'd be better to, you know, as, as an investor to look at the company that's, uh, that's growing, uh, in a sustainable way. And so to, to, you know, to, to me, I think, you know, the attraction for, you know, investors really isn't just necessarily about the, the vertical slice you might be in. Right. So for us, that's technology and cannabis. I don't know if that's as important as like, what's the return going to be for the investor? What's the risk profile look like? Um, I think certainly tech is exciting because, you know, you, you essentially have, you know, um, your assets are digital. Right. And so you, you have this ability to scale unlike a, maybe a retailer, right? So there, there's a benefit there and that economically could be really good for an investor, but it doesn't mean you can go, uh, you know, you can't go build a multi-billion dollar, uh, retailer as well. Right. If that's something that you want to do as an entrepreneur and that might be attractive to investors. So I, don't know, I think there's just all these different types of investors and, and tech certainly is attractive to, uh, people who understand it, um, because it, it is limitless in its ability to scale for the most part. Um, you know, as an example, like maybe one day we decide to get into another vertical besides cannabis, right? You could do that with technology. Whereas, you know, if you're a retail brand, you might be stuck in, you, know, you could always go sell more, I guess, over time, like in Amazon, but it's just, a, it's a, it's a bit different in that when you're a mm -hmm. physical retail with physical goods, it's harder to go, you know, traverse other, you know, get into other verticals, right? Whereas in technology, you could say, well, we're going to go tackle 10 verticals over the next 25 years. And you could probably conceivably go do that. Salesforce might be a great example of that, right? Um, so much more than just managing salespeople, right? There's right. customer service technologies and you could, you know, these are all different verticals or horizontals you get, get into. So anyhow, I, I, um, yeah, I, I think technology is great because it's hyper scalable, but it, maybe it's not for every, um, investor. So I'm sure every day or most of the time you and your team are hyper-focused on analyzing dispensary operations and how to add to your, um, you know, your POS system, you know, FlowHub POS system. So what prompted uh, the development of your new uh, upgraded system, the MAUI? Yeah. So yeah, it's called FlowHub MAUI. Yeah. Yeah. It's named after the, the, the MAUI Wowie strain, uh, you know, a legendary sativa, um, out of the uh, Hawaiian islands. But, you know, look, we, we created this platform because when I started FlowHub, uh, when we started this company about now around eight years ago, been in the industry for almost a decade, uh, we, we had to make a lot of guesses about what the future of the industry would look like, right? We didn't have a playbook built out because there was no industry. What could we, like, you have to make it up. So we looked at Colorado, you know, founded the company here uh, in, in, in Colorado, moved from Los Angeles where I saw that the, you know, kind of like nonprofit driven medical you know, underground medical market, if you will. Um, and it was just this new world, right? Regulations, uh, you know, compliance mandates. And I was really excited to try to help 
uh, bring some value to, to retailers by creating a scalable platform. Now, fast forward, right? Like there was a lot of decisions we made that were wrong, right? We thought every state would mimic Colorado and it was sort of right. Like there were some things that were right. We've got to give ourselves some credit, but at the end of the day, you know, the industry uh, has evolved in ways we could have never have guessed. Um, and so we got some things right, some things wrong. Maui solves for a lot of the things we got wrong, right? We, um, we, we created a platform that's built for uh, mom and pop retailers all the way up to MSOs. Um, and, uh, it's, it's very cool. A single sign on for an MSO, right? They can go see all their, uh, locations in one view, uh, one, one username and password. Uh, if they have the right permissions, you know, there's things like out the door pricing or the way we handle, you know, two way discrepancies with the state regulatory body, like a, like a metric or the state reporting system, I should say like a metric, uh, or a bio track, right? So it's just, it's, it's a hyper scalable platform. Uh, that uh, that solves for a lot of the things we got wrong in the early days, but we're you know we're we're uh, really excited about continuing to roll this out. It's already in five available in five states, um, and by you know sometime uh, early 2023 we should be uh, in all markets and and upgraded all of our customers. So we're really excited about this uh, progress we're making with Maui, and customers seem to really love it. So that's always good. so. It's with the, the Maui is mostly about scaling up for for larger scaled for people to scale up and go state to state, it, it gives you that capability. Is that really? Yeah. So, so Flow Hub Classic. Yeah. So Flow Hub Classic, Pam, really our limiting factor there was like, if you wanted to be, you know, if you wanted to open a hundred locations across 10 states, you'd have to have 10 instances of Flow Hub. Uh, and you could run multi-locations in a single market, like a California or a Michigan or a Maryland or wherever. But Maui lets you now run all of those in a, from a single sign-in. So it also adds a lot of value for mom and pop retailers too, right? There's a lot of things in there, just the way we handle inventories matured. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's like going from OS nine to OS 10. I might be aging myself okay. here. Right. But like, you know, it's like going yeah. from this old world Mac to the new world and aqua. Right. And it's just, it's a, it's very different. It's like going from windows XP to windows 10, right. It's just, it's, it's a jump in, in the ability of the platform, which gives, you know, our third party apps that write for Flow Hub, we've got over a hundred of those, our partners that write apps on top of our, our, our platform, it gives them, you know, the ability now to, to do more as an example. So just, it, there's a there's a lot there, right? I mean, we could dive in, it would take a long time to get yeah. through it all, but if you go to flowhub.com and hit, you know, our products at the top, you'll see, you'll see, um, you'll see more about Maui there. And, and is that how, is this one step into um, competing against your competition and, and making it a better platform, other POS uh, uh, platforms? I, I mean, I know that FlowHub is one of the first to really enter the market as far as POS systems in the industry. And, you know, there's, you know, those top five or I don't know how many right up there that you hear about often is, is the Maui kind of making you stand apart a little bit in the competition or how are sure. you standing yeah. Yeah. So I think a couple of things. So one, we don't really see many other competitors besides one in the marketplace today. Um, it's really, there's two dominant players in the market. That's Flow Hub, that's Dutchie. Um, you know, the other players that are out there, the other platforms are really regional by nature, uh, very small footprint. Uh, we don't often, you know, we see them. They're very great platforms, right? To be clear, like these, these smaller platforms are good platforms for the states that they focused on early on. But we're, we're focused on a bit of a, a, a different type of scale. We're focused, uh, you know, on competing in a, in a pretty different way, uh, and our differentiation really is around, uh, you know, customer ownership. So, 
uh, platform, you know, like Dutchy, they're very focused on, you know, they, they want to be the brand, right? If you go to Dutchy.com, the first thing you see there is a search bar to search for products or stores across all their stores that use their e-commerce platform. Um, we don't, we don't believe that that's the right thing to do. Marketplaces are great for the marketplace and for some consumers, it's not great for the business owner. So we're all about empowering the business owner to own their own data to create their own adventure, to own their own brand. And, you know, Flowhub is more like Square uh, than, than, than anything. We're kind of like Square for this market, right? With our payments platform, uh, our, our point of sale system, our retail management platform, the partners that we recommend. Um, you know, if you really look at our stack, it's truly about empowering the brand. And I think, you know, you could read all about, you know, kind of Dutchie's tactics, but uh, this is all public information, right? There are, there are many uh, journalists yeah. who pick this apart. If you read their terms and conditions, it's really clear what their mission is and what their MO is. And we're just different. It doesn't mean what Dutchie doing, is, is doing is bad, right? I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to be around and they're going to solve some problems. I think what we're doing is better though. And I think a lot of our customers believe that it's better as well. And that's that that really is the difference uh, between our our platforms. We we at the end of the day, we we both are solving similar problems. You can run a compliant dispensary with the tool set we provide, but it's the way we're going about doing those things that are quite different. Um, and so you've got to pick your partners wisely, right? Uh, and and that's really uh, important for a retailer to to think about as they're choosing their technology stack. Right, because I've heard other people complain, um, well, especially marketers that uh, Dutchy, I guess they embed it onto your website, you know, an e-commerce website, and which is not good for SEO and That's you right. know, things like that. So so the Flowhub does not do that where you're just basically a, kind of a, like a straight POS system, but you but you do connect to the on to their e-com also. Right? Sure. They yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we connect to every, almost every e-commerce platform that's available out there. We actually have a single interface in Flowhub where all, if you want to be, if you want to list your store and your products across 10 e-commerce systems, they'll all come into one place. We call order ahead in Flowhub where all those orders come from those distinct platforms into one place. You don't have to have, you know, 10 iPads up at your counter trying to figure out, you know, where, where you're, you know, who's, where orders are coming from and where they're going. Um, so we make it really easy to aggregate all those things. Yeah. The, the true difference is right. Are, are around customer ownership and, and, you know, making sure that we're helping you drive your brand as a dispensary versus driving, you know, uh, our own brand, right. We don't care if a consumer knows who Flowhub is. That's not important to us. Dutchie right. cares deeply, which is why when you go to dutchie.com, uh, it's built for consumers and they have a little thing at the top that says for businesses up here. Right. And and the reason is because they're focused on their brand. They're focused on building Dutchie for consumers. And they're, right. And they're using the retailer essentially. And, and look, again, for some retailers that don't give a crap about their brand and they just want to be a fulfillment center, it makes total sense. Right. That's, that's a, um, it makes total sense. Like, like why not? Right. Yeah. Um, like, and it, right. it's, it's not like they're building bad software. It's just a different approach. And so, um, you know, as a retailer, you really have to be sharp about making the decisions around, you know, what you're getting, uh, with, with your software provider, because it, if, if you want to own your brand, you should be very aware of the tool set you should be using. Uh, if, if, if that matters to you, it doesn't mean you can't go list on Dutch or list on weed maps or li list on Leafly or Jane. Right. I think those are all beneficial platforms for, 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 uh, you know, these retailers, but it would be, um, it would be foolish to say that, you know, everyone has the retailer's best interest in mind. And I, I believe we do a really good job at, at that at Flow Hub. You know, my, 
you know, cannabis helped me personally as a, as a patient for a long time. I got off pharmaceuticals, antidepressant medications, anti-anxiety medications. Cannabis saved my life. It helped me get off these things successfully with minimal side effects. And so for me as a founder and as the leader and CEO of FlowHub, right, my goal is, um, you know, one about helping patients access uh, you know, great products and helping retailers sell those products to those patients and doing it in a way that that creates a, a safe marketplace. But I really want to empower small business owners who also had similar experiences as mine. I, I don't love the idea of completely corporate cannabis. I think, you know, we should empower small businesses, medium businesses, and large businesses to all win. But this shouldn't be monopolized by two large businesses. I think that's foolish. I don't think we have to create that type of marketplace. It's also like less... Um, beneficial for consumers to have that type of limited optionality. So I, I want consumers to have a lot of options. Um, yeah, and th that's why we have an open platform. It's why we we do partner with with uh, people like Dutchy or Jane or Weed Maps. Right, those those are really important partners to us. It's how consumers are finding stores. But again, we believe retailers should own their own brand. That's really important. Right, right, yep. Um, so I'm, you know, dispensary owners are faced with tons of different uh, tech you know, technologies that are coming out to integrate and this and that, it, it almost seems kind of overwhelming. Like if you're looking to open a dispensary, which one would benefit me? Um, you know, two questions. Are you looking to consolidate and uh, merge with some of these technologies to, you know, beef up flow hub that you would think would make a difference? And also if you were a, a dispensary owner, what kind of advice would you give to someone? Don't overdo it. You know, I mean, I guess pick your just your technology that would make sense for you but i don't know i'm just kind of it just seems like to me i keep hearing software after software new technology coming up to help that dispensary owner just curious what your take on that is. yeah look you know we're, we we love our partners today and it's working just fine we don't have to own those partners i think the problem in this space is there's a lot of bright shiny objects we're super early on in the industry still i mean it might for people like me we've been in for nearly a decade at this point uh, you know, it might seem like a long time. In the grand scheme of things, we're still in chapter one. We're still very early. We still don't have federal uh, legalization. We have many states that are still medical only or don't have any legislation whatsoever, or any safe access to any cannabis products, right? We're still in the early days. We're in the first inning. And, um, you know, so, so FlowHub needs to remain focused and we're going to remain focused on retail. That's it. People ask, are we going to go build grow or manufacturing software? Are we going to go acquire this or that? And it's, look, that's all distracting. That kills companies. We need to be ruthlessly focused on providing great retail software to our customers. That's it. And if we have open APIs, we can allow tons of third parties to write software on top of FlowHub, have access to our customer base and provide additional value. But we don't need to own those things necessarily today. That's not important to us. We still have a long ways to go here. And I think for a retailer, right, th th this is important is you got to make sure you're working uh, with partners that have longevity, that that care about sustainability, right? Because we've seen, I, I'll tell you personally, I've seen companies come and go over all these years. They could raise all the money in the world and they're gone year, a couple of years later, right? Um, that's not what building a great company is about, raising the most money or, you know, uh, you know, having the most resources, whatever. Building a great company is about building value for consumers and customers. And if you do those things right, they're going to come back and buy more from you. And so, you know, look, it's a simple equation. If value exceeds the price, people will pay. If people are paying you, you're in business. If you're in business, you can continue to drive value, right? It's a flywheel that goes on and on. And that's the business we're in. We want to continue um, to drive value long-term for, for our retail partners. And so 
Yeah, look, I'm I'm I like every entrepreneur and every optimist, I get excited about a lot of the bright, shiny things that we see in this industry, new companies, new ideas, fresh ideas. I can't wait to see what entrepreneurs come up with over the next decade. But at the end of the day, the trick is you got to stay focused. And so, uh, yeah. and that goes for the retailer too. I think I've seen retailers flop because they try to do too much stuff. They try to make too many bets instead of staying ruthlessly focused on the core mission, which is providing, you know, safe cannabis products to their consumers that shop in their store, their communities. Right. And, and that's really what matters. And so if you want to win in cannabis, you got to stay ruthlessly focused. It doesn't matter what part of the business you're in, what part of the supply chain, you got to stay ruthlessly focused on your North star. If you do that, you will provide long-term value and you will create a stronger foundation for this industry, which is important uh, for uh, you know the, the global industry of cannabis that will continue to emerge over the, the coming decades. So, uh, and that's what we're, again, we're, we're hyper-focused on that, that vision here at Flow Up. We want to make safe cannabis products accessible to every adult on planet earth. Okay. So how about, um, how about expansion plans into Europe or elsewhere uh, internationally? Like, what are you thinking about there? What is the plan? Are you laying? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, yeah, look, we're, we're hyper-focused domestically still today. There's still a lot of room to grow here domestically. I'm excited to see what's happening oh, yeah. in Germany. It's exciting to watch what's happening in Spain and Portugal and Italy. Uh, however, these are very early markets. This is like 2006 uh, in, in the United States, right? So you're starting to see some some great wins behind the sales there, but uh, we have a long ways to go in Europe. I think eventually uh, you'll find Flow Hub all over the world, but uh, are we going to yeah. be there uh, this year or next year? Probably not because the industries are not developed yet, but uh, we do get hit up from Australians and Germans and, and, and you know, people in Thailand all the time, but people that are excited about where this is going globally, but we're not ready as a company to do that. We will fail our customers domestically if we spread our focus too thin. And so uh, very excited right. about the international market, uh, but we're, we're not yeah. going to invest in it just yet. Right. Because you've already, you've already made the mistakes and set up the systems that they're probably going to pretty much need the same thing too. So I'm sure they're going to be knocking right. on your door when the time is right. And that's then, right. Um, yeah, exactly. Also, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, and then I guess the last question, cause I know you're um, crunched for time is I saw that you're um, on the advisory board of the nano foundation. I'm just curious in the crypto cryptocurrency world and not even crypto, but blockchain as a technology. Do you see that somewhere in the future of Flow Hub as far Look, as like the blockchain technology? Sure. Right? I'm, I'm beyond excited more so about cryptocurrencies than blockchain in cannabis. We have a lot of banking issues. Nano in particular is an incredible uh, uh, you know, platform, truly an open source platform, you know, zero fees on, on, uh, moving coins around. So if I send you, you know, $10 worth of nano right now, it's instantaneous. There's no real settlement. Um, and, uh, and there's zero fees that both you and I pay to send money back and forth. So it's very fair. And all of those coins are already minted, right? They're already out there. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a finite supply. So nano in particular is extremely exciting technology to me. Uh, I believe we're still, I, I'm, you know, look, I'm an optimist. I, I thought for sure we could get this adopted earlier on, uh, in the industry here. Uh, but the, the reality is we're still, you know, we're still working uh, with, with fiat and it makes the most sense today. I do think that over time, as we see easier on ramps and off ramps for consumers, we, you know, there's just, as the industry matures, the crypto industry matures, I think we'll start to see a blend of cannabis and crypto at some point. Um, we certainly, we've, we've played around and tested uh, things with, with nano and we've, um, you know, we, we've played with it quite a bit and we've actually 
proof of concept, several things with cryptocurrencies at FlowHub over the years. The issue is adoption on a broad scale. So you can provide this value, you can invest it in all day, but if it's not stupid easy uh, for consumers, it's just, you know, it, it, it it's just easier to go in and pay with cash, right? At a certain point, right? Yeah. So frictions, friction has to be decreased significantly. Uh, and, and we're just, we're not there yet. And so I'm very bullish on it. Like I, I believe uh, that there's a world where people will pay uh, for cannabis with nano Bitcoin, you know, other, uh, you know, uh, other cryptocurrencies, but it's going to be some time before we get there. And uh, we hope to be at the forefront of that. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see how things shake out over the coming years. But again, it's just these are a bunch of immature industries, uh, and so you you know yeah. to to try to blend all those reduces your 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 singular focus. So we've got to get Maui, you know, continue to deliver that to customers uh, across the United States, and and over time as that becomes adopted, um, we'll continue to play with with certain um, tools. You know, yeah. you know, cryptocurrencies so as an example. So you see the benefit in the crypto world more in the exchange of the crypto or tokens than you see in the blockchain technology as far as I, I, mean, I do just because of. Okay. Yeah, because blockchain, because you know, blockchain in itself is ju it's just a distributed database, essentially, right? It's a ledger and it's yeah. uh, look. It, it, some things need to be centralized, right? It's just easier, right? You can't decentralize oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, it would be so become so chaotic. And so um, you could use blockchain in a centralized way, but then you just question, why are we using blockchain? Why don't we just use a, a database and build our own ledger on it? Uh, it might be easier to maintain. It might be cheaper. Uh, it could be superior in many ways. Uh, if blockchain makes sense, of course, like then, then you'd use it. But the, the issue is it doesn't always make sense. It's like, why, you know, why, you know, when, when, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to solve problems. And it doesn't matter which tools you necessarily use to solve the problem always, right? It's just, you got to solve the problem. And so if it makes sense and it's more efficient to use blockchain to solve the problem, then, then I'd see more, I, I can see more adoption there. But in many ways, it just creates more overhead and more expense, which, you know, reduces the value ultimately that you're providing to a, to a customer because they're paying more for something uh, that they otherwise maybe pay less for just because you chose a, some technology that was emergent. Um, so yeah, I, I look, I, I, I think blockchain is amazing, right? I think that the, the crypto space is really incredible and I, I'm really excited to continue to watch it. I think we're still decades away from seeing absolute mass adoption. Um, there's a lot to be invented still. I mean, you're just seeing Amazon, you know, in the last couple of years, truly doing, you know, same day delivery or next day delivery, uh, oh. you know, in more rural areas, three day delivery, uh, you know, it took 25 years to get there. Right. And so you got to remember, we're still so early in both. Uh, both of these things, cannabis and and cryptocurrencies and crypto tech in general, blockchain yeah. technology. I know what we what do we have? Only twelve states that are completely legal, or fifteen, or something crazy. We have a long ways to go. Yeah, you 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 have a lot of focus here in the United States still, or a lot of work. Yeah, to exactly. Do Exactly. This yeah. is why it's foolish for companies to go try to expand too fast to other countries and stuff. Look at canopy growth, spending, you know, uh, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars annually just trying to maintain uh, their place in Canada. Uh, you know, look, this is not a profitable business. Businesses have to be profitable. You've got to be operating profitably economically. We, we just came out of a, a historically incredible bull run. Uh, th this is not going to be a pretty, you know, next five years. This is going to be pretty, pretty turbulent waters, I'd say. Uh, and I'd love to be wrong, right? But let's be realistic. And so, uh, you know, you've got to build companies with longevity. This is why great companies emerge from recessions because the ones that can build in a recession, uh, you know, are it means they're efficient, they're well run, they're organized, and they're providing real customer value. And uh, and that's scalable. That's true. That's truly scalable in in a real business. Whereas you know, a lot of financial engineering is what we just saw during uh, this last bull run here. And and you know, look that that's not real value. It's it's like simulated value essentially, and that's not going to fly yeah. uh, anytime soon.
yeah, you're you're forced to be lean and mean in these kind of conditions, and maybe it makes That's you right. for a better a better company. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Kyle. Really appreciate. It was really great to meet you. Yeah. Thanks you. for having me on, Pam. It was great questions. It was a great conversation. We're looking forward to doing it again someday. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.